Okay, so we're starting the new parak today. We're on Daf Nun. We're starting a little bit of the way down, so let me just try to briefly introduce a few concepts here. A little difficult parak. The parak of is known to be a very difficult parak. Um, but you get the concepts pretty clear, then uh, work through the cases. It's not as challenging as it seems. So the concepts is we know that after man dies childless, he loses his wife in a scenario of Yibam. So the Torah says, ideally, the mitzvah should be done, there should be a mitzvah of Yibam, which means that ideally he's going to, he's going to marry her. Right? He's going to marry her, and boom, the mitzvah is fulfilled. Then the Torah also allow, affords the option of Chalitza. Chalitza is that if he doesn't want to marry her, then he gives her, she takes off his shoe, and it frees her, it frees her to go, it frees her to go to go marry anybody in the world. So those are the options that the Torah gives, Yibam or Chalitza. Nothing else is on the table on a Daraisal level. And again, how does Yibam or Chalitza work? It could be done by any of the surviving brothers. You don't need all the brothers to do it. Any one of the surviving brothers can do Yibam or Chalitza. And the same thing is true for the surviving widows. You don't need all of the widows to receive a Yibam and Chalitza. As long as one of the surviving widows receives Yibam or Chalitza, then all the other ones who may be, who may have been married to the deceased are now exempt and they're free to go. So that's the idea. One Yibam or Chalitza from one brother exempts all of the, uh, of the co-wives, all the widows who are falling together. That's on a Daraisa level. Now, Midravanan, they were going to see on the Ahmed Beis, the Gemara is going to assume, we're going to tackle this right away. There's a din that a get is going to affect the Zika. Remember, Zika is the bind to do Yibam, the obligation to do Yibam, the fact that she can't go free until she gets the Chalitza or Yibam. So a get is nothing on a Daraisa level. What do you mean a get? A get is something that you give to a marriage. Here, they're not yet married. They have a bind to go ahead and get married. There's no such thing as a get that does anything to a Yavama on a Daraisa level. There's nothing to a get. But Midrabanan, they said that a get has to help. Why? The Gemara is going to tell us because Chalitza is effective to remove the Zika and freeze her. And generally, get, generally, that's usually the role of a get. A get removes a relationship, right? So if we would say here that if a man gives a get, that it wouldn't be effective at all, so then people would say that generally a get is not effective either. Get is nothing. People would get confused about the role of get. We'll see more details about that in the Gemara. But bottom line is the rabbi said that get is effective. Midrabana, the rabbis are instituting that if a yavam, a, a surviving brother, gives a get to, this, to the widow who's falling to him to Yibam, he gives her a get, it now means that it's like a chalitza. In what sense? Is she totally free to go? No, because on a daraisa level, she still needs chalitza. But it's effective like chalitza in one sense. He can't do Yibam anymore. Just as after you do chalitza, the decision is made. I'm not doing yibam, I'm doing chalitza. Now that makes you forbidden to do yibam, to marry the girl in the future. Remember, that's a pasuk in the Torah. Now, once you choose not to build, you can't build again in the future. So to a get, by giving her a get, it's like a divorce to the zika. It frees her to a certain level. It weakens the bind to do yibam. The bind to do yibam is weaker. And now that you gave the get... It's forbidden for you to go ahead and marry her. And the truth is that the same thing is going to be on another brother as well. Because remember, whatever one brother does is representative of all the whole family. So if one brother gives a get to one Yavama, that now pushes away the possibility of Yibam from a whole house, from all the brothers into all of the widows. So that's all Midrabana. That's an invention Midrabana of a get that's taking an effect on the Zika. Again, she's still going to need Chalisa to free her completely, but the get will be effective that it's a decision was made, we're not going to do Yibam. Then there's another important point. We know that after you do Yibam to one widow, you don't do Yibam to a second widow. You only do Yibam to one. The Torah says, You do Yibam to one widow. After you do Yibam to one, the other one is, is not supposed to have Yibam. What happens if you don't do Yibam, but you give a Kedushin? Meaning one of the Yavams took a ring and he said, One of the girls, 
and he did what's called Mimer. Mimer means a regular good old Kedushin on a Yavama. What happens if that occurs? So on a Darizah level, nothing. The Torah says, Yavama Yavola, you're already in a bond, you're already in the relationship, you're already forced upon you that this girl is supposed to be married to you. You just go ahead and be intimate with her. But the Bidrabana, they said that Mimer is effective. If you give her the ring, that now defines that the decision to do Yibam has to happen. Meaning, what does that mean it has to happen? What it means is that at this point, where you're almost like, it's like the super Zika, where you're, you're into the situation where Yibam is, is, is being encouraged as opposed to Chalita. And once you do Mimer to one woman, you can't go do Bia to the other one, or because that would be like somewhat building two homes. We look at Mimer as already somewhat of a, of, of, of a kiyam, of a fulfillment to what the Zika wants. Again, Midoraisa is not fulfillment to the mitzvah, you still have to do Bia. But as soon as you do Mimer to one girl, you're not supposed to go ahead and now marry the other girl. That's the basic idea of Mimer. The reason why the rabbis instituted Mimer is because if not, people get confused. Normally, when you give a girl a ring, you say, she's married. So what, by, by Yimam, it's different. It's a little bit confusing. So therefore, the rabbis instituted that Mimer is effective. So bottom line is, on a Daraisa level, there's only two things which are effective. You either do Bia, you marry her, you're intimate with her, and you fulfill the mitzvah, and then, and then that's it. Or you do Chalitza. She takes off the shoe and then she's free to go. That's Torah law. Midrabana, we're instituting two other things. A get, if the yav, any one of the yavams gives a get to the yavama, that now pushes away the possibility of yibam and asers her. That's option number one, Midrabana. And Midrabana, there's also something called Mimer. Mimer, which is effective, a Kedushin Midrabana, that as soon as one yavam takes her, he gives her a ring, and he says her now she's the one who should do the mitzvah and all the rest of them are now you know, pushed away that they should not do the mitzvah. So now we begin the parak Daphnon. Here we go. Rabbi Gamliel Omer. Gamliel says, "Ain got, ain't get, acher get." There's nothing to one get that's given after another get. So what does that mean? Let's say there are two different widows, and one yavam here gives a get to one of the widows. So that get is effective. What does it do? First of all, it says no yibum should be done. That's clear. No yibum should be done. But another thing happens when you give a girl a get. It invalidates her. It disqualifies her from the future for marrying a Kohen. A Grusha can't marry a Kohen. A divorcee can't marry a Kohen. So he gave her a get. What happens if he goes and he gives the other Yavama a get? He gave one get to one girl and then he chose to give another, another get to the second girl. Does that have an effect? Does it make anything happen to her? Is she now disqualified from Kuna as well? Says Rogamlil, no, there's no validity to the second get because the whole role of a get by Yibum is to push away the possibility of Bia, to push away the, the, the option that we're going to go ahead and do Yibum. We're not going to do that after a get is given. As soon as you give it to one girl, so that effect is already there. So Rogamlil says, ain't get acher get. The second get that I give isn't effective at all. Therefore, the second girl, I may have given her the, the bill of divorce. She may have been holding it in her hand, but it didn't do anything. It didn't accomplish anything. Ain't get acher get. She could still marry a coin in the future. Below Mimer, Acher Mimer. And the same thing exists with Mimer. Again, Mimer is the rabbinic institution of marriage on a Yavama. If you give Mimer to one woman, what happens now? So you're taking her. You're taking her to Rabbanon. Now, if you go ahead and you do a Mimer to the second Yavama, that's nothing. There's no effect to such a thing. It doesn't have an effect at all. What's the big nafkimina? The big nafkimina is, would she require a get? The girl that I gave a Mimer to, if I'm going to choose for whatever reason to get out of it, you know, I'm going to say, you know what, backtrack here. Let me do Chalitza, I'm out. You still have to give her a get because Midrabana, they said it was marriage. You got to give her a real get now. But the second one that you gave a mimer to, she doesn't need mimer because Rabbi Gamliel's position is once you do mimer to one of the widows, there cannot be a second effect of a second mimer. 
Rashi explains Rabbi Gamliel's opinion is that based upon the following idea, Rabbi Gamliel holds, maybe it's Midrabanan, that I've been keeping, I kept on saying that, you know, it's Mimer is Midrabanan and Get is Midrabanan. Rabbi Gamliel actually has a doubt. He's like not sure that maybe Get and Mimer are actually totally effective. Maybe even by Torah law, Mimer did it. But either if it did it, it did it fully. And once I did it to one widow, the mitzvah's gone, or it didn't do it at all. But Rigamlio looks at it like it's a matter of doubt. So if Mimer was effective, so I did the mitzvah with girl one. So now I can't go ahead and do it with, with girl two. After, for example, if I did B, if I was intimate with girl one, the Torah says the mitzvah's over. Once I did the mitzvah with one of the widows, the other widow's free to go. So once I give Mimer to one, I may have already accomplished the mitzvah fully, Rigamlio holds. So now the Mimer that I do to the second one is ineffective. And if Mimer might not be a full fulfillment of the mitzvah, then it's nothing. In other words, it's not like it's a partial thing, according to Rabbi Gamliel. It's more like we have a doubt if it's either complete or nothing. So Rabbi Gamliel says there's no validity to the second get, and there's no validity to the second mimer. If I want to give a get or a mimer, there's an effect. A get will disqualify it from kahuna, will push away the possibility of doing yibam. Mimer will say, don't marry the other girl. That's where there is an effect to such a thing. But if I go and I do it to the second widow who's fell, then there's no effect. There's no effect to a bia that I have relations with the second Yavama after I already had relations with the first Yavama. Meaning, let's say I had, I had relations, I was intimate with the first Yavama. So I did Yibam. Now if I go and I'm, and I'm intimate as well with the co-wife, so that's not Yibam. That doesn't make marriage. What is that? That's just random act of znus. There's nothing effective to that because since the first the first bia was already fulfillment of the mitzvah. It exempts all the widows. They're all free to go. So now you're not doing Yibam when you go ahead and you would have relations with the second co-wife. And after I do chalitza to one widow, then a future chalitza to a second one, to the other co-wife, that's nothing. Why? Because once I do chalitza to one widow, all of them are free to go. So everything's done. So if she takes off the shoe, the second co-wife goes and takes off the shoe again, that's doing nothing. Right? It doesn't want to disqualify her from kuna. It doesn't have a meaning of chalitza. He doesn't become forbidden onto her relatives. All the regular laws that apply to a chalitza don't apply to a chalitza that's done after a chalitza. So basically, the point of Rabbi Gamliel is the same way, and I think the second two are more obvious to us, but the same way, the, sec- the second two are that relations after relations is ineffective. Chalitza after chalitza is ineffective. There's no meaning to that. Once you do, once you do relations or a chalitza to one, the other one's free to go. The same way that's true, Rabbi Gamliel is saying the same is true for a get after or get it on my mark, my mark. Once one get is given to one widow, the other one is not effective. The same thing with a mimer. That's the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel. Again, Rashi explains Rabbi Gamliel's opinion is that either the mimer is totally effective or it's totally ineffective. But it doesn't mean that it's partially effective to both. And the same thing with get. Either get fully frees them or it does nothing. But there's no way that the, that the second one has any place to take effect. Whereas the Rabbanon look at it differently. The Chachamim Omrim Yesh Get Achar Get Yesh Maimer Achar A get given to a second co-wife after one was given to the first wife is effective. And a Maimer, a condition that was done to the second co-wife does take effect after a Maimer was done to the first co-wife. Why? Because the Rabbanon say, look at this. This whole thing is a rabbinic invention, right? Midarai says again, it's either Yibam or Chalitza. There's no option for Get or Maimer on the table. So what did the rabbis do? What the rabbis did is that they said Get partially pushes her away and Maimer partially brings her in. It's all about partially in the rabbi's view. So since it's partially, the effect of the Zika is still there. The bind to do Yibam or Chalitza is still there in both cases. If I do a Get, I only partially pushed it away. And if I do a Maimer, I only partially brought her in. So whatever extent it still remains, then I can go to the co-wife and accomplish the same thing. So let's say I gave a get to the first one. So I've pushed her away somewhat. 
So now I, there's still a place to go to the second one and push her away as well. So therefore, if I gave a get to the second one after I gave a get to the first one, the second one as well would be disqualified from marrying a coin. It would be considered that she is a balas haget as well. The same thing for mimer. Even though I brought in the first one somewhat, if I do a mimer to the second one, it takes effect. She's considered a married woman. If I would want to free her now, I would have to give her a regular means of a divorce, a regular get. But not after Bia or Chalitza. Meaning the rabbis agree that after a person does Yibum to one, then the other one is not Yibum. The other one would just be free to go. And after Chalitza is done to one, then the other one would be free to go. What's the difference between Get and Mimer versus Bila and Chalitza? The answer is obvious. By Bila and Chalitza, those are the Torah law. That's what I do. The Torah says Yibum or Chalitza. So after I do it to one, the other one is free to go. The Rabbanon are only saying it's only, that it's considered the validity to the Get after the Get and Mimer or Mimer. The Rabbanon are only saying that because it's, it's, it's Midrabanan. And since those are rabbinic conventions, therefore they're only partially effective. So I know these are pretty hard rules to wrap our heads around, but those are the concepts. Get and Mimer, uh, the Rabbanan are saying are Dirabanan. Since they're rabbinic conventions, they work partially, therefore there's a place for it to take effect on the second one. Mibam and Chalitza work completely. They're Daraisa effective. So after I do it to one, then the second one would not be effective. So now the Gemara says, Ketzad. Let's illustrate the case here. Awesome. If a Yavam does mimer with his Yavama, and then he gives her a get. So he did a mimer, so he does a, a Darabanan Kedushin with her, and now he's giving her a get. A get divorces marriage. What's the law? She still requires Chalitza. Why is that? Because by Torah law, you still need good old Chalitza, right? By Torah law, for Yavama who's falling to Yavam, for her to be freed, she needs Chalitza. So the mimer, you can mess around and do a rabbinic convention of marriage and then give a get and remove that mimer. So basically... Get works to remove a mimer, but you can't, you're not better than what if you had done it without the mimer. Without the mimer, what do I need to do to free her? Chalitza, that's the Torah law. So even if I did mimer and now I remove the mimer by doing get, but I'm still going to need my good old chalitza to free her. Also, mimer vichalitza. Let's say I did a mimer and then I did chalitza. So is that effective completely? No, it's She still needs a get. Why? Because very nice, the chalitza removes the bind to do yibum, which generally would work. But here you did mimer. Mimer is treated like a rabbinic uh, marriage. How do I free marriage? I got to give a get. So once you did a mimer, you're going to need chalitza. And in addition, she'll need to get. Obviously, what would be an easier thing to do? What's the next line of the Mishnah? Also, mimer a ball. Do mimer and then have relations with her. Harizuka mitzvah. Then you're, then you're sitting pretty. You've done the mitzvah. That's exactly what God wants you to do. Hashem wants you to end up being intimate with her. That's the best thing. And, and you didn't push her away. It's not like you'd given her a get. You just did mimer. Very good. So you did mimer. You married her midrabanan. Then you take it to the next level and you're doing bia. You're intimate with her the way the Torah wants. And then that's exactly the way the mitzvah is. So bottom line, there are three options. The best Best option is do a mimer, take, rabbinically take her by giving her Rambakudashasli, then be intimate with her. That's the best way of doing the mitzvah. If you want to just give her a chalitza and free her off the bat, you could do that as well. But if you mess around and you start doing the rabbinic conventions and then you pull on a pull away, then it gets complicated. Let's say you did a mimer first and then you decide you want chalitza, you're going to have to give a get as well. If I give a get, now I can't do bia. I'm going to have to do chalitza as well to get rid of her. Okay. Now we talk about a case where you start with a get. Nasan get for also mimer. Let's say he gave a get and then he did a mimer with her. So that's a little bit complicated because as soon as you give a get, what is the effect of the get? It pushes away the option of, of yibum. Once you give a get, you can't do yibum, right? That's the idea. The same way after Khalita, you can't marry the girl. Midrabona, they said after you give a get, it's like a divorce on the option of doing yibum. So once he gave her a get and then he also did mimer with her. So he, he pushed her away and then he brought her in. So it's get on the one that she needs a regular get again because once he did mimer, now he's married to her. So partially he's married. So if he's partially married, so he's going to need a get to remove that. But you also need chalitza because on the, on the Torah law, you, the only way to free Yavama is through chalitza.
Not on get ubal. Let's say he gave a get and then he did bia. So that's really wrong. You're not supposed to do that, right? Once you give a get, that's divorcing the option of yibam. But he gave her get and he had bia with her. So what's the law? Look at this. This is a fascinating rule. She needs a get and chalitza. So why does she need chalitza here? Lamaisa, maybe he did the wrong thing when he was intimate with her. Maybe he did the wrong thing. He gave a get with Rabbanon and he shouldn't have married her. But he, once he was intimate with her, that means by Torah law, he did the mitzvah of Yibam. Once by Torah law, he did the mitzvah of Yibam, shouldn't that remove the zika? The answer is, the rabbi said a very interesting thing. We'll see why in the Gemara. The rabbi said, once you did the wrong thing by marrying her after you gave her a get, the get pushed away the option of Yibam. You went ahead and did the Yibam anyway. Once you did that, the Yibam does not fully remove the Zika. At this point, the only way to really free her is also in addition with Chalitza. A very interesting law, Madara Bonham. We'll have to see why they said that in the Gemara. So the, what's that? And the, the terminology for this is called Biopsua, a Yibam that wasn't supposed to be done. A Yibam that was done after a get is a Yibam that shouldn't be done. So that Yibam doesn't fully acquire and, and fulfill the mitzvah. So therefore, if you want to free her, you're going to need a get. As Lamai said, there is some marriage by Torah law, but you're also in addition, Midrabanan going to require Chalitza. Nasan get Let's say he gave her a get and then he did Chalitza with her. And after Chalitza Klum, great. She's free to go because after Chalitza, Chalitza is always like the superpower. After Chalitza, there's no reason you would always ever require anything else to be done. All right, great. Now we talk about a case where the Yavim started off with Chalitza. Chalatz, he first did Chalitza, then afterwards he started messing around. After he did Chalitza, so she's already free. Then he does a mimer, he gives her a get, or he was boiler. Or we could have it the other way. Oh, ball. Let's say he first did Yibam with her. Then also Maimar, Nasan get And then afterwards he did a Maimar or gave her a get or gave Chalitza and Chalitza Klum. After all these cases, there's no validity to any of this. Meaning once, because in this case, if I did Chalitza right away, she's free to go. Everything else is all just messing around. If I did Yibam right away, the mitzvah is already over. Everything that you're doing afterwards, there's nothing that can be required. All the complexity in the first cases is because you're doing it before the mitzvah is required. The Zika is standing in front of you and I'm giving a get or I'm doing a mind and that's where there's an effect of all these rabbinic uh, inventions here. All right, we turn to the top of the Ahmed Beis. Says the Mishnah, now we're going to just make it a little bit more, one more variable, that this could apply whether there's one Yavama falling to one Yavam or whether there are two Yavamas falling to one Yavam. In other words, it doesn't make a difference if there are two widows in, in the picture or one widow in the picture. All the cases that we were just talking about, there was one girl. We kept it very simple, one girl falling to one guy. But here we're going to say that the same thing, the same procedure, the same law is if there are two widows who are falling. And remember, the general rule is whatever one girl does is effective for her co-wife as well. Meaning the Torah doesn't say both co-wives need yibam. The Torah doesn't say both co-wives need chalitza. Whatever one does is representative of the other as well. Interesting law. So therefore, all the rabbinic inventions are going to be effective one for the other as well. So now let's speak it out. Says the Mishnah. Awesome. Mimer bazu, mimer bazu. Let's say the mimer, the yavam did mimer with this yavama and then mimer with the second yavama. And remember, the rabbi's opinion is that mimer is partially kona. Since it's partially kona, both mimers are effective. It shouldn't be done. You shouldn't marry both. Torah says once you marry one, don't marry the other. But once you did mimer with both, both of them will require a get to go away. Both of them would require a get because there was a mimer effective to both, the chalitza, and they would also require a chalitza to fully free them from their zika attachment by Torah law. Why can't he do yibum in this case? Why can't he do yibum? So the answer is because Midrabanan, he's married to both. And remember, once you marry one, you're not supposed to marry other. So whichever one you're going to marry, you're, you're marrying a second one. You shouldn't marry, you shouldn't marry both. So therefore, once he does mimer to both, his only option here is to give both of them a divorce and give them chalitza to satisfy the Torah law of how to remove the zika. 
Mimer bezuva get lezu. Let's say he did mimer to this yavama, and then he gave a get to the other yavama. So this is complex. He did mimer to one yavama. So everything's good. He could do, do the mitzvah. Everything's great. But then he gave get to the yavama to the second one. When once he gives a get to the second one, what does that do? It's pushing away the option of yivam from both. Because remember, whatever one girl does has an effect on the overall zika for both. So whenever he does, he's going to give the get. It's going to possible the possible. It's going to remove the option of even from both. So once he gives a get to the second one after giving Maima to the first one, she's going to require a get and also a chalitza. Meaning the Mimer wife has to be divorced, divorced with a get to dissolve that marriage. But you also need Chalitza. Why do you need Chalitza? Because by Darai Salah, that's the only way to free her. Yibam is off the table. Once you gave a get to one, no Yibam. Mimer bazu Balazu. Let's say you did Mimer with one Yivama. And then what did you do? You had Bia, you were intimate with that other Yivama. So in that case, did you do the right thing? You did not. Because once you did Mimer to one woman, that means you're bringing her in. To go and marry the other one, you're not supposed to do that. So what is that? That's like the concept we saw in Amad Aleph. That's a bia psula. That's a yibam that shouldn't be done. What happens when a yibam happens that it shouldn't be done? Does it fulfill the mitzvah? It does not. So each one is going to require a get. The mimer girl needs a get because he had a rabbinic convention type of marriage. The other girl needs a get because she had a bia. That's for sure a daraisa even type of marriage. They both need getin. But you still need chalitza to free. Because without Chalitza, we're going to say that the Biyapsula, the Puzzle Dikayibam, did not remove the Zika. Maimer Bazuva Chalitza. Let's say he did Maimer with this Yavama and then Chalitza to the other Yavama. So what's, what happens? Chalitza is always the superpower. It knocks out. Everything's fine. But a Rishonah Tzvicha get. The first one's still going to need a get because she had a Maimer. She had a rabbinic marriage. So to remove her rabbinic marriage, she's going to need a get. But there's not going to be any further requirements from, for, 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 for the girl like a Chalitza. Because after you get Chalitza, you're just, you're good. All right, that's all. Now we're going to turn if the Yavam started with a get. Get Lazuva, get Lazuva. He gave a get to this Yavama and then a get to that Yavama. They're going to require Chalitza. In this case, obviously, Yavam cannot be done. What's the reason that Yavam cannot be done? Because you gave a get. You pushed away the option of doing Yavam. And as now, now, if you go do Chalitza with either one, that would, uh, that, would, that, would, that, would, that would remove the Zika and they'd be allowed to go. Get Lazuva, Balzu. Let's say you did the wrong thing. You gave a get to one Yavama and then a Bia to the second Yavama. So again, this is a Bia because once I gave a get to Yavama one, now I am not allowed to be bow the other one. So I gave it after get to one, I was bow the other one. She could give a chalitza. She requires a get because by Torah law, she was just became married. But she still requires chalitza. Chalitza is required because again, a biapsula requires chalitza to totally ref- afterwards to free from the zika. Get lazu a mimer lazu. You gave a get to this yavama and then a mimer to the second yavama. Tzricha get vechalitza. She's going to require a get because again, mimer will be effective. Because it's what's so interesting about all this. Since in, in the, in the Rabbanon's opinion, it works partially. So after you give a get to one, so it's only partially the option of humans off the table. So Mimer can still partially bring in the other one. So they're both as an effect. So they need, a, she's going to need a get to remove her Mimer, but Chalitza is still required to remove the Torah law of the Zika. Get Lazuva Chalitza. So if you gave get to one and then you did Chalitza to the other, you have Chalitza Klum. Superpower. Chalitza just removes everything. You're free to go. Both would be free to go. All right. What about if you start off with Chalitza? I know this might sound a little bit redundant. We're just illustrating the case here where there's two girls as opposed to illustrating before where there's one girl, but the concepts remain the same. Chalitza for Chalitza. If you did Chalitza right away with one Yivama and then you did another Chalitza with the other girl. Oh, Chalitza also Maimer also get a ball. Or you first did Chalitza with one Yivama and then with the second girl you did a Maimer, a Ged, or you even had Bia with her. Oh, ball, ball. Or... You, 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 did, you were intimate with one Yavama and then you were intimate with the second one. Or you were intimate with one Yavama and then you give a Mimer 
or a get or a chalitza with the second one. In all these cases, in our chalitza klum, there's no validity to anything after chalitza. So in the case where I gave chalitza to one first, every, both of them are just free to go. So there's nothing that takes effect. If you, let's say, you know, you gave chalitza to one and then you gave a get to the second one, that, that get is nothing. There's nothing for it to take effect on. Get only takes effect on, you know, if there's a zika. Mimer, same thing. A mimer is only if there is a zika. So on and so forth. And if you do a bia in the beginning, like the second, the latter part of that, of, the, of that clause that we just read, the same thing. The, the bia is going to be totally effective. It fulfills the mitzvah, removes the whole zika, there's no attachment, and then we're free to go. All right, now the Mishnah expands one more scenario. We just spoke about where Yavam was doing it to two Yavamos, but the truth is it could be if there are two Yavamin who are attached to one Yavama. Meaning to say, if let's say just switch it, tweak it. There's one widow in the picture, but two surviving brothers. So whatever one brother does is really representing his brother as well. So the law would be true if there are two Yavamin. Whatever one does will affect the other one as well. And now we're just kind of like, going to uh, go back, fine. So that would be true, just to bring out that point, just if you want it, the mission doesn't go through illustrating it. It's, it's like it would be too redundant for the mission to do it. But the point would be, I'll just, I'll just illustrate it just to bring out the point. If there's two surviving brothers, if one of them gives a get, then the other one is not allowed to do bia. If one of them does mimer, then at that point, the, if, if, if for whatever reason he would pass, the other one would have to give a get. Like, that, like those kinds of things. Whatever is going to be effective from one will be effective from the other. If one brother already did bia, his brother is not allowed to do bia. If one of them gave chalitza, then she'd be free to go. The, after, the second chalitza would be meaningless. All right. Now we go back to something that we said before, and we're going to just elaborate a little bit more upon it. What was one of the things that we mentioned before? That chalitza is a superpower. If the oven first does chalitza, and then after doing chalitza, so she's already free, he goes and does a mimer, gives her a get, or, does, or he's intimate with her. Or if he was first intimate with her, first did bia, which means he did the mitzvah already, and then he does mimer, gives her a get, or chalitza. And chalitza klum, there's no effect whatsoever after the chalitza. And in the second case, there's, nothing, there's, nothing, there's no effect of anything after the initial bia. This is something that we learned before. The mission is only quoting it again because we're going to add one more point now. So once she was free to go, okay, that's the point. Once she was free to go, I did the mitzvah by Darai so I did bia in the beginning. Anything that I do afterwards, no effect. And if, I, uh, and, and, and if I do chalitza right away, then there's no effect to anything else that I do afterwards. I just want to clarify one point. After I do chalitza and she's free to go, if I go ahead and I do a mimer, I give a regular kedushin, why is it not effective? Well, I mean, it should be a regular kedushin. So, right, very good. But there's actually, it's only a regular law. The Torah says, Kivan shalobana shalita. Once you, you do chalitza, don't do it again. It's really only a plain law. The Gemara is going to explain to us when it says there's no effect. It's because we're going like the opinion of Rabbi Akiva that when there's an isr that the Torah says to do, don't marry somebody, it's not effective if I do it. That's the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Kivan shalobana shalita. There will be no tefisus kedushin uh, whatsoever. Mar will talk about that a little bit more. Okay. Now, there's no effect after Chalitza continues the mission. So if that's true, if the Chalitza is done in the beginning, in the middle, or at the end, meaning it doesn't make a difference if it's done before anything else was done, or, or, or if it's in the middle, or if it's at the end. If, if it's the first thing that the oven does, and then like he followed it up with a mimer again, the Chalitza just removed everything already. This, or if he did it between the two, like let's say he gave a widow a get, and then he did a chalitza with the second, or if he gave a mimer and then a chalitza. In any case, once chalitza is done, anything afterwards is not effective. Chalitza frees both. That's the idea. Yeah, chalitza is, a, is the superpower. 
However, regarding if I do Bia right away before I did anything else, then it was a good kosher Yibam that fulfilled the mitzvah, took away the Zika. So when it's done in the beginning, there's no validity to, any, to anything after it. But but it's in the middle of the end, then there would be validity to something after it. Meaning, if Bia is done after a get was done, or after a mimer was done to the other one, so it's a biapsula, the yibum is not working, it's not supposed to be done the way it was done, so then it doesn't free the zika. If it doesn't free the zika, there's going to be validity to something afterwards, I'm still going to need chalitza to free afterwards. So just for example, if there were two girls, we did mimer to one, and then you have a bia with the second one, the bia does not remove the zika, and there still would be a need to do chalitza to the girls, and so if just to keep it going, if there would be a third widow or something, and you would do a mimer to her, there would be an effect. That's the point that we're saying, is that a biapsula, there's always, could always be an effect afterwards. Reb Nechemia Omer, Reb Nechemia disagrees. Achas be'ilav achas chalitza, whether it's chalitza or being intimate, even with bia as well, whether it's in the beginning, middle, or end, there's no validity to anything afterwards. Meaning Reb Nechemia is disagreeing. He's saying, if you did bia after, after you did something else in the procedure, you gave a getter or a mimer to one and then you're doing bia to the other, which you shouldn't do, it has the same superpower effect that it just removes the zika and then they're all free to go. He's disagreeing with the idea that a bia psula, the rabbi said, doesn't remove the zika. He says, no, if once you do the mitzvah midaraita, it, that just blows away any, anything that was done previously. It doesn't make a difference. Once you go ahead and you do bia, whether you should have done it, you should not have done it, there won't be any validity to anything after it. All right. So now that we've finished the Mishnah, and I know this is a little bit uh, frustrating, it's one of the hard, that Mishnah we just did is one of the hardest Mishnahs in, in all of in all of the Yavam. It's very hard, a lot of cases and a lot of concepts. Now the Gemara is going to give us nice, simple information, which really would have been better in a certain way if we would have approached and learned this Gemara before the Mishnah. The Gemara has a very simple thing. Gamliel and the Rabbana started arguing about the complex question, is there validity to get after a get into a Maimar HaMaimar? Once I gave get to one, can I give get to another? If I did Maimar to one, can I give Maimar to the other that was disagreeing about the hard concept of the, is it a partial Kenyan or is it a doubt if it's fully Kohenet that's what it seemed the rabbis Rabbi Gamliel and the Rabbanon were arguing about but everybody agreed to the premise that there is something called a get to a Yavama and there is something called a Maimer to a Yavama meaning that's kind of like what this whole parak is about that there are rabbinic inventions called a get to a Yavama and a rabbinic invention called a Maimer a condition to Rabbanan to a Yavama says the Gemara let's take a step back my time I'm Rabbanan get to Yavama Mahani why are the rabbis making these things up? Meaning the Torah kept it very simple. Do Yibam or do Chalitza? You want to marry her, be intimate with her. You want to not marry her, she takes off your shoe and she's free to go. What, 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 where is the place for the rabbis to come in and say, oh, if he gave her a get, that, that's effective. She's disqualified from marrying a Kohen now. Uh, she can't do Yibam in the future. Where, where, where did that come from? What, why are the rabbis saying that there's a get? By Torah law, there's no such thing as a get. There's a zika, there's a bind to marry her, but there's no such thing as divorcing that. So why are the rabbis saying that a get on a Yavama is effective? So the Gemara gives us the background. Mishum de Mahani Ba'alma, since get is generally effective, when a man is married to a woman and he gives her a get, it divorces her, it's effective, it frees her, and now she can't marry a Kohen. Di'amit Lomahani, if you're going to say a get is not effective on a Yavama, it doesn't disqualify from you. Amri, people are going to make a dumb mistake, but it's still a mistake that people can make. What are they going to say? Get Lotzia In front of us, the Torah said, that you could do chalitza, and I know that frees her, and generally I know that to free a girl from a relationship, she gets a get. 
That's if a girl's in a relationship to get out, she needs a get. So, and here I see that the Torah gave the option to the Yavama of Chalitza for her to get out of the quote unquote relationship with her brother-in-law. So if you're going to say me to get Lomahani, if the get wouldn't free her, Chalitza nami Lomahani. So maybe Chalitza also has no effect. Meaning people are going to say that all Chalitza is, is a releasement from the Zika and is ma to her, but they don't realize that what Chalitza does is also something more. Once Chalitza is done, it forbids her from doing Yibum. And I can understand why people might make that mistake. Maybe Chalitza is just an option to free her, but it doesn't disqualify her. It doesn't mean it's final. Once I did Chalitza, maybe I'll switch my mind. Maybe I want to marry her. My sister-in-law, I think about it. You know what? Maybe I'll go back. Maybe I do want to marry my, marry my sister-in-law. The Torah says you shouldn't. The Torah says, Once you make the decision to do Chalitza, you can't marry again. But if Get wouldn't do that, then people would say, hey, I know about a girl down the block and she got a Get and then she married her brother-in-law. So maybe this girl who got Chalitza could also marry her brother-in-law. People are not going to realize the distinction. They're not going to understand that a get is nothing and that Chalitza has an effect not only to free her, but also to asser her in the future from doing Yibam. So therefore, we have to say that after you do a get, it's effective in the sense, not that it frees her because she still needs Chalitza, but it's effective in the sense that Yibam's off the table. Once you do get, you're not allowed to do Yibam in the future. Because otherwise, people are going to say the same way after Get I could do Yibam, maybe after Chalitza I can do Yibam. And that's forbidden. People would come to violate the law of having Bia with the Yavama after Chalitza, which is that's against the Torah law. By Torah law, once you do Chalitza, you cannot do Yibam. So therefore, the rabbi said that there's something called a Get, and the Get is effective. And once it's effective, Yibam is off the table. Now, what's so interesting about this concern that the rabbis had is that they're working with the people's mistake. I understand that. But what's interesting about it is that they, had, they said that it's treated like a real divorce, meaning now she can't marry a Kohen. Not only is it true that the divorce is effective, that now Yibam is off the table, it's also treated she is a divorcee. Now she is forbidden to marry a Kohen, even though what did I divorce? I was never married to her, right? I just had the bind to do Yibam. But Midrabanan, it is treated like a woman who received a get. She is a divorcee. She cannot marry a Kohen today. Why did the rabbi say that? Because they said if it wouldn't be effective, then people would make a mistake. If you would do Bia Achar Get, then you would do Bia Achar Chalitza as well. But that's why they said it. But what they said now is that a woman, a Yibam who is given a get, is treated in halacha like a divorcee. All right, now the Gemara takes another step back. My timer, Amar Abana, Mimer, Mahani. Why are the rabbis saying that Mimer is effective? Where is this Mimer business? Mimer, again, is where Yavam goes to his Yavama, he gives a ring, he says, I have Mikudash's leave. Why are the rabbis saying that? Midarai say you just do Bia, and that's it. There's no effect of a Kedushin. There's no Kedushin to mess around. The Torah just says, go be intimate with the sister in law. Done. What's this whole idea about a Mimer being effective? And in what way do I see it's effective? I see in the Mishnah that when you did Mimer to one, now you can't, to one Yavama, now her co wife, you can't take her. You already took her the first one partially, you can't take the second one. Or I also see in the Mishnah it's effective in the sense that once you do Mimer to one, if you want to pull out and do Chalitza, you're still going to have to give her a get because you're considered married to her. So why are the rabbis saying that Mimer is effective? Says the Gemara Mishnah Mahani Ba'alma. Generally, Mimer effective, right? If you go to a regular girl's hair, you give her a ring, you're married to her. If you're going to say that it's not effective, Amri, people are going to make a mistake. They're going to say like this. Mimer and B are essentially the same thing. They acquire a woman. If you tell me Mimer is no effect, 
If you're going to tell me that after I give a Kedushin, after I give a ring to widow one, I'm allowed to be intimate with widow number two. So be a Nami Lamahanya. Maybe even being intimate with girl number one has no effect for girl number two. Maybe after I'm intimate with widow number one, I could be intimate with her co-wife as well. Who said that after I did Yibam to one co-wife, I'm not allowed to do Yibam to the other one? Just like after I did a Kedushin to widow number one, I was allowed to be intimate with Girl number two, co-wife with her co-wife, maybe after Bia as well. People will do two Yibams. People will do Bia to one and Yibam to the other as well, which is forbidden by Torah law. The Torah says you build one house. You don't build two homes. You only marry one of the remaining widows. You don't, you don't marry both. So in order to make sure that you wouldn't marry both, the rabbi said there's an invention called Mimer. And after you do Mimer to one, after you do Kedushin to one, you can only marry her. You cannot marry the other one as well. So that protects that now people will not come to do Bia Achar Bia. So that's again, that's why the rabbi said it. But what did the rabbi say? The rabbi said that there's an effect of Kedushin that partially you have acquired her when you do Mimer on a Yavama. If you want to get rid of her now, you're going to have to give it yet. The Kedushin was Tophis. One more question. Why did the rabbi say that Bia is there's still validity to something that comes after it, right? We saw that rule in the Mishnah. Let's say I gave a get first and then I did a Bia. I wasn't supposed to do that Bia. That, called, that Bia is called a Bia So we said that it doesn't fully remove the Zika, right? There's still validity to the Zika there. You're going to have to give Chalitza afterwards. Why did the rabbi say that? So the Gemara explains, Amri, we say, if it's the way it was possible because I first gave a get to one the one. And now I'm doing The reason the rabbi said that it's not Kona is because we're concerned that if we would see the Biyah is like working, then people would do the same thing after Chalitza. And we really don't want people to do Yibam after Chalitza. That's also Midaraisa. So therefore the rabbi said that if I gave a get first and then I did Biyah, the Biyah is not Kona. That's what the rabbi said. By Torah law, the Biyah was a mitzvah's Yibam. The get was no validity and there was nothing. I just did Yibam. But the rabbi said that if you do Yibam after giving a get, then it doesn't, it's not considered a mitzvah this, because therefore no one's going to come to do yibam after doing chalitza. And if the idea that was wrong is that I had two yivamas, I did mimer to one, and now I'm doing bia to the other, which I shouldn't do mit Rabbanon, the reason the rabbi say that that bia psula isn't totally effective is just like if I would do bia to one, now taking the other one would be totally usher. I'm not allowed to build two homes. So the rabbi say, if I did mimer to one, now if I do, I'm intimate, I have relations with the other, the law is that the, it's, we're going to view it as if the mitzvah of yibam was not done. So bottom line is, whenever the rabbis see that the second one is, is wrong, it shouldn't have been done because it's going to lead to a mistake. The rabbis therefore said the mitzvah is not fulfilled and you're going to need chalitza to free her. So if so, my So how come chalitza is a superpower? Right? By chalitza, we say even, even after it comes after a gepa or after a mimer, we're good to go. It does free them. So how come over there, a weak chalitza, we still say frees her? Think about it. After you do a mimer to one, when you do a chalitza, it's weak. In what sense is it weak? It's weak because you know, once you did a mimer to one, you're supposed to like marry her, right? Mimer is supposed to marriage and now you're pulling out. So it's weak. Or if I did get, then I already weakened the, the zika somewhat. Yet the rabbis are still saying that whenever chalitza comes, it frees them both. Why is that true? Because here there's no reason, there's no concern. Amri, my legs are, what should the rabbis decree? I should say that chalitza after a get isn't fully effective because we're concerned for chalitza after chalitza. There's no concern. What do I care if a girl does chalitza after chalitza? The Gemara is like saying it like cynically, like rhetorically. Let a girl do chalitza 80 times if she wants. Is there any issue if a girl does chalitza as many times as she wants? Like there's no, she's not violating halacha. She might be wasting her time. 
but there's no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no issue if a girl does chalitza many times. So therefore, if a girl does chalitza after get, you're not going to say, oh, it's not good to protect the case where chalitza is after chalitza. Chalitza after chalitza is no problem. So therefore, so do we here as well. We don't have any issue with it. Should we say that chalitza after mimer shouldn't be effective for just because we should concern for chalitza after bia? Meaning, what would happen if somebody did Bia? They already fulfilled Yibam, and then they do a Chalitza afterwards. So people might think Chalitza after Bia is effective, which is not true. Once a girl did, did, did Bia, she's totally free to go with just a get. You don't need Chalitza. So maybe we should say that Chalitza after Mimer, we should say shouldn't be fully effective because of a case of Chalitza after Bia. But the Gemara says here again, the same point. What happens if you give, uh, if you, if, 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 Let's say, let's say I have a mimer first. What's going to happen after I give a, a chalitza? You're still going to have to give a get. So everybody understands that chalitza doesn't free. Everybody understands that chalitza alone, after you're already fully married to the girl, you still need a get. Everyone understands that you're still going to need a get. So there's no basis for making decree. The only basis for the decree would have been that if I say that chalitza frees her, people are going to say chalitza alone frees her. But everybody knows the Gemara is responding that you still have to give a get after you're married to her because even in this case where, I, where, 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 where there was chalitza after mimer and we say the chalitza frees her, it may free her fully from the zika, but she's still going to need a mimer. So we're going to close here for today. Bottom line is, always try to make a little bit, a little short summary on these really hard dots. Him. Basically, we learned about Yivam Achalitza is the only thing that you do Midaraisa. And it's done by one Yavam to one widow. You're free to go. That's what God wants. That's the Torah law. Midrabonan, they're inventing new things. Midrabonan, they invented that there's a role of a mimer, that you're Kona partially, in the rabbi's view, with a Kenyan Kedushin to one widow, which now means that once you do it to one, you shouldn't take the other one. You got to focus with her. And there's, an event, and there's an invention of a get, Midrabanan. Once you give a get to the widow, you're like divorcing the Zika. Yibam is off the table. You're not allowed to do Yibam to any one of those widows. Those are all Midrabanan inventions. We have a Machlogos where we can lean on the Rabbanan whether if I, once I give Mimer to one, could there be an effect of a Mimer to the other? And if I give a get to one, could there be an effect of a get to the other? That's a dispute where we can lean on the rabbis. And we also have one other big concept that we learned that whenever a, a Yibam is done, when it shouldn't have been done, then it doesn't fully remove the Zika. You're still going to have to do Chalitza. But when a Chalitza is done, whenever it's done, whether the Zika was weak or strong, it totally removes the Zika and it frees them. They're both free to go.